Hey guys, it's Simmon. This is Wrestling Unlimited. As it's Wednesday, and that means tonight was AEW Dynamite. But not just any episode of AEW Dynamite. It was AEW Dynamite Blood and Guts. AEW had their debut in Boston inside the TD Garden. John Cena Sr. said he was going to be there. No Mercedes Monet, as many people were trying to predict and ask about and so forth. But we did have, what, four matches on the show? We had the FTW title match. We had the Blind Eliminator finals. The Britt Baker squash that was, what, 30 seconds at that. And then the hour-long blood and guts. So, yeah, four matches on the show. Gonna say it right now. I'm just gonna come out right at the top of this and say, not the best blood and guts they've done. I thought this was the... And this was a good match. I liked the match. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. But as far as other and all, what is this? The third blood and guts, I want to say. AEW. I want to say this is, there were supposed to be the four. Yeah. So we did what? 2021, 2022, 2023. Because the 2020 blood and guts got canceled due to COVID. So this was the third blood and guts. I would put this as... And again, not a bad match, but the weakest of the three. I would say that. So overall, though, a really good show. I don't know what the... We'll talk about it here in a little bit. That damn dance battle. What the... Huh? Regardless of that, Luke. We got Luke here with me. What did you think of tonight's show? Tonight was good. Like like you said, it wasn't... Like the Blood and Guts match, it was good, but not the best one. That whole yeah. dance battle stuff was stupid. I even tweeted about that. I'm like, why the hell are they doing this? Yeah, I have no clue what that was. But I did like, I, I will say, I did like Adam Cole doing his, from his, you know, that he does on all his da party stuff and on his Twitch sometimes and stuff. So that was a little funny because it's a callback to if you watch his other content. But other than that, no, it was not needed. Like, I think it was even Steve Fall tweeted out, is this dance battle? Because he was there live. He's like, is this dance battle even airing on television? We were like, uh, yeah. Because he thought it was like, they went to commercial. Like he, it was, it, the dance battle was so preposterous that he thought it was something that they did during the commercial. Like they, they wouldn't do on television. But no, no, they did it on TV. They did it on TV. But with that, I want to say thank you for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one. Of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription. Or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember if you have Amazon Prime. Then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things. Like free games. Free stuff for games. And you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel. You want to subscribe to throughout the month. All you got to do is take that Twitch account. Twitch account. Take that Amazon Prime account. Link them together. Bada boom bada boom. Your Prime Gaming. Also remember to head over to YouTube. Hit that join button and become a channel member. One other thing, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're pre-ordering EA Sports FC 24, you're pre-ordering Telltale's The Expanse, 
claiming the free game, Train Valley 2, or getting into Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use our code PWUNLIMITED at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Again, use code PWUNLIMITED, and you'll be supporting us right here. Doesn't cost you anything, just a couple of seconds, and then boom, you're good to go. One other thing. We're not on Cameo. At least I'm on Cameo. And what I'm doing with my Cameo is something special. So my kids have been in youth sports for my son just turned 12. He's been doing youth sports since he was three. So what is that? Eight years? Eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, nine, eight, nine years, whatever. My kids have been in youth sports. And I will admit there was one year where we needed a little bit of help getting them in monetarily. As far as like it was 250 bucks to sign them up for football. We were just a smidge short on that. Another family sponsored us for, I don't remember exactly how much we were short by, but it wasn't a lot. And I've always been grateful for that. And so we've always tried to give back to other families, whether it's our kids growing out of their equipment, whether that's football cleats, soccer cleats, or so forth. And they're still in good shape. So we donate those to another team or even last year, we sponsored another family and actually uh, sponsored them with $100 so their son can join football. And now what I'm doing with Cameo is all the money that I make from Cameo will go back to families in need. Families that need either help paying the registration or getting the equipment they need for their kids to do youth sports. Youth sports has been a great thing for my kids, especially with my son. A lot of times he likes to act out or he doesn't like to listen in school. But for some reason, when he's active in sports and it's, season and he's going good and he's, we're keeping him active he's better in school and so it has helped him i know it's helped other kids so with that head over to cameo.com forward slash timmy buddy order a cameo whether you're getting a birthday message well wishes something silly something funny something serious it doesn't even matter but go over there and know that all the money is going to a good cause to help a family in need that needs just a little help getting their kids into youth sports. Also, this podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot. But we'll talk about that a little bit later. So as far as AEW Dynamite does go, AEW Dynamite opens up with Excalibur welcoming us alongside Tony Schiavone and Taz as Jungle Boy, or the song Tarzan Boy is heard, but there's no Jungle Boy Jack Perry. The lights all then go out. And we get a video package. We see uh, Jack Perry in a desert. And he's pulling a body. We then see the legs of this body. And it's got the Jungle Boy boots on. So we think, uh-oh. he's Jack Perry is dragging Jungle Boy. We then see him drop the Jungle Boy body into a hole and bury it. Basically saying, I have killed and buried Jungle Boy. The limousine pulls up. Perry steps inside as he was announced simply... As Jack Perry. Also, he's got new music. Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Not a big fan of that. I thought that was kind of dumb. I don't know why he needs Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, but whatever. The heel turn is is in full effect. 100%. And before we get into the match, what did you think of this opening video and the symbolism of him killing the Jungle Boy character? I mean, it made sense. You know, Jungle Boy is gone now. Here's like the new me and stuff. Like, I guess that made sense. But like, the like Beethoven thing as his like new theme. I didn't. I don't know if that's really a good fit. I think it's trying too hard. Yeah. 
Also, we can now say Jim Ross has been vindicated. Because Jim Ross was the one that kept calling him Jack Perry, Jack Perry. And then they kind of just went with it slowly, slowly, and now he's fully Jack Perry. So, G, G, good old JR, you've been vindicated. <clears throat> as far as the match does go, the FTW Championship was on the line. And Taz, literally on commentary, when they're fighting in the crowd early, goes, this might be a FTW title match, but it's not FTW rules. What? Huh? How is it an FTW title match, but not contested under whatever FTW rules are? What are FTW rules? Like, no rules? ECW rules? Extreme rules? I don't even know what FTW rules. Let's see. Can we Google that? What is... What are... FTW rules AEW. Um, let's see. FTW rules were something that would happen at times in the late 90s. It's false count anywhere anything goes. But that's not what the match was tonight. So it's like, come on. Really? Really? Oh, well. Whatever. Hook immediately went after Perry who bailed outside and was launched over the barricade with Hook going right after him, launching off the barricade with a Superman punch. Back inside, Perry got an eye rake and a drop kick to gain control. The crowd really let Perry hear it as the fight went back to the floor during the commercial break. Hook fought off of a German suplex attempt on the apron and delivered excuse me, an exploder suplex to the floor with both landing super hard. Hook then threw... Perry back inside the ring, but Perry posed Hook and connected with a draping DDT off the apron. Perry was content with a countout victory, but then Hook broke the count at nine as Perry hit a released German, but Hook no-sold it and hit multiple bridging German suplexes for a two. Now, let me stop here for a second. It looked like Jack Perry was going to want to win by countout, but correct me, you can't... In AEW, does the title change hand on a countout? That I'm not sure of. Does it or no? I don't believe so, no. So why would he, like, he was literally wanting the ref to count faster at one point. It's like, you wouldn't win the belt though, right? I mean, unless AEW's rules are different from WWE and every other company. But yeah, that was a little weird. Him wanting to win by count now. Anyways. Hook went for a third. I don't think that's ever happened before yet, though. Like, I don't think anyone's ever won a title off of count now. I don't think so either. So really, we don't. Hey, maybe... Maybe he will. Maybe they do. And so that's why he's probably saying count faster. Maybe. But well, we need to see uh, it eventually to know that it's actually a thing or not then. So, uh, Hook went for a third German, but Perry grabbed the ref, hit a mule kick, and charged it with a forearm to the neck for a close near fall. Um, Perry then grabbed the FTW title and brought it in the ring as referee Paul Turner awkwardly tried to take it from him. He got sandwiched instead. Hook then hit a head and arm suplex. Had the visual pin, but the ref was down. Could not count. Hook went to revive the referee. And Perry then grabbed the FTW title and hit Hook right across the face with it. Perry then just nonchalantly laid down and put one arm over Hook. The ref slowly was like, one, two, three. New FTW champion. Also, Hook's undefeated streak is no more. So we did the whole thing from like the start of the year. Jungle was like, I'm going to win a singles title. I'm going to win a singles title. I'm like, okay, cool. TNT belt, FTW, or not FTW, TNT belt, international title, both would work. 
then he goes and wins the FTW belt that means nothing. Nothing. I guess as a smarmy heel, it works. He took the belt from the cool kid that everybody likes. And so now he's going to say that he's the best champion. I, I, I think this will work in a, in a way of he's going to be super over the moon to have this belt. He's going to think it's the best belt there is as a heel, you know. Even though he knows that the fans know that the belt don't mean... I, I think they're going to play up the whole, no, this belt really does mean something. This is a big, important victory and da-da-da-da-da. But, yeah, Jungle Boy wins. Oh, actually, that's going to be hard to break, not calling him Jungle Boy. Jack Perry wins. And what do you think of the match itself? I thought it was not bad, but not all that great. The match was okay, not... It wasn't a great match, but it would be better though. Like, let's say Perry just like throws the belt in the trash, saying like this belt meant meant so much to Hook. Now it means nothing. I threw this belt away. And stuff. That'd be interesting. Or like destroys the belt because even Jack Perry even admitted like the promo saying that belt means nothing. So. Right. It means nothing, but it means something to the family. So I want to take it from them or something like that. Is what he said. Get from him first and then destroy right. it. Then don't be bad. As we move forward, they send it to Alex Marvez from earlier today. He's at some restaurant trying to spy on Chris Jericho and Don Callis. Eventually, Callis realizes that there's cameras there and sends his security to shove them away. More teases of, is Jericho going to join the Don Callis family? Then... We get footage of MJF and Adam Cole from last night, and I think it's called Kowloon's, Kowloon's Restaurant. We don't got one of those around here, so I don't know. Uh, Cole saying that MJF has to face his fears of one of the things Max hates most, spicy food and not poor people. MJF thought it'd be, thought that's what it would be. Another chapter in the bonding of better than you, baby, as the spicy food and the drink uh, what they thought was going to be water, but it was 100-proof alcohol. A drunk Cole and MJF thought that the waiter looked like Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara, and were about to give them him a double clothesline when the video ended. Cool. This was all right. It was a little funny, but yeah. It's funny where they just gave that double clothesline to that waiter. Right. Like, what the hell were they eating? Was it supposed to be like spicy chicken? I think something? so. I think so. It's like shrimp, honestly. Maybe. I couldn't really tell exactly. There's like one piece that Adam Cole was eating. It looked like shrimp, but I don't know. Well, see, I couldn't tell because my internet was running like crap at that point, so my video was pixelated watching on the TBS website. So, yeah. Like, as pixelated as you are right now, that's how pixelated it was for me, so I couldn't tell what the food actually was. Then we see Alex Marvez outside the arena earlier today waiting for Don Callis' limo to pull up, and as he arrived... With Chris Jericho. Marvez asked if Jericho has made a decision yet. With both uh, with both calling him a fathead idiot. But him and Don, that is. So, yeah, that's a no. Then we get a random Brett Baker match that we didn't know about. It was funny because they called her... So, maybe for like a month last year, they would call her the winner of the 2022 Owen Hart Cup. But then tonight, they just randomly, winner of the 2022 Owen Hart Cup. Like, what? What does that matter anymore? Willow's the new reigning champion. 
So, yeah, that was kind of dumb. Anyway, she took on Kayla Sparks. A little Sparks. too late on that, to be honest with you. Exactly. Exactly. What, are you going to call her that forever if she doesn't have a championship? What, what should we do? Former, making her way into the ring, former AEW Women's Champion. Should you just say all their accolades from now on? I don't know. Anyway, she took on Kayla Sparks. Match went in like 30 seconds. She hit her with a sling blade, double underhook suplex, and a lockjaw for the win. That was it. Nothing more, nothing else, nothing at all. Lily just forgot to add something for the women, so let's just throw this in. Exactly. Uh, Renee Paquette's backstage. She's got Adam Cole and MJF, who talked about winning the Blind Eliminator Tournament later tonight. MJF presented Cole with matching trunks, while Cole said, I got something for you, too. Matching ring jackets. Cole then says, well, there's one more final surprise. And MJF's like, well, what is it? He goes, you're going to have to wait and see. He's like, ah, oh, I don't like surprises. And then they walk off, and then we hear, Adam, hey, Adam, Adam, and up walks Roderick Strong. Paquette then tried to tell him what just happened, but he didn't want to hear it and looked very, very dejected that Adam Cole and MJF are actually getting along. So then we have the Blind Eliminator Tournament Finals. It's the AEW World Champion MJF and Adam Cole against Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia with Chris Jericho on commentary. So, yeah, this match was a tale of two stories. I'll tell you what. Prior to the bell, MJF and Garcia had what can only be described as a thrust-off, I guess you can say, that turned into a dance battle. So are we to believe that when MJF jumped out of the ring, he walked over to the timekeeper's area and turned on like a boombox that played over the entire speakers? Is that what it was supposed to be? I don't know, honestly. Because he jumped out of the I, ring, walked I over don't. there, and then the music started playing. So the music... He just told them... Maybe he just told them, like, hey, play, play some music we can dance to or something. Maybe. I don't know. But this was preposterous. So, um, Garcia and Guevara go first. And obviously they had a planned routine that almost didn't go fully to plan. Because they did this one spot... Where, like, Sammy did a handstand, and then his legs were supposed to go onto the shoulders of Garcia, and then he was going to be on his shoulders. And, like, the one leg almost missed, and then, like, Garcia had to, like, grab him and throw his leg back. Anyways, anyways, this was dumb. MJF then started dancing. And he finally was like, Cole, it's your turn. Cole. And Cole's like, no. No, he's like, come on. Come on. So Adam Cole goes out there, and he's just like, uh, starts dancing, and they start doing, like, dust Dustin and all that. And they finally just cut it. They're like, really? Record scratch. And they look at Cole and Cole's like, what? And he just does the thrusting again. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? What the hell was this? Like, huh? Eventually, Garcia and Guevara just attack MJF and Cole, though. But they bailed when Cole and MJF yelled, double clothesline! MJF hit the ropes tirelessly. Taking a dive before opting to pose as Garcia took control soon after a commercial break. MJF remained isolated the whole commercial break. And then he fell headfirst into the groin of Gar uh, Guevara, which Taz called Yabanyatsi. MJF then dodged the double clothesline and made the hot tag down Cole, who ran wild, dropping Garcia with a series of super kicks, but missed the Panama Sunrise. Garcia opted to go for the thrust. At uh, referee Bryce, as referee Bryce 
I wrote that wrong. Garcia opted to thrust at referee Bryce and ate a uh, Cole uh, super kick as this was a good spot. Guevara comes flying off the, the ropes, springboard, boom. Like the perfect right on the chin super kick from Adam Cole to Sammy Guevara. This was great. That was such a perfect spot. Cole and MJF then signal for the double clothesline, but Guevara ducks and hit a double Spanish fly. Standing Spanish fly, I may add. MJF then dodged the supercutter and tried the crossroads, but Guevara avoided it and Cole made the blind tag. Guevara hit a double chop block and sank in a dragon slayer on Cole, who eventually got to the ropes to break the hole. Garcia was backdropped onto the floor onto Gar uh, Guevara as Cole told MJF to do the dive. As attended first, MJF connected on the tope on both, on both outside the ring, and the crowd lost their minds seeing MJF go for a dive. Back inside, Cole hit the Panama Sunrise on Garcia, tagged MJF, and they finally did the big, elusive, double clothesline with MJF getting the pin and the victory. We do now know, what is it, in two weeks, I think it is? On the 29th, I think it is. I got the graphic right here. They will challenge for the AEW champ Tag Team Championships on an episode of Collision. It will be... Saturday, July 29th, FTR will defend the titles against MJF and Adam Cole. So, yeah. What do you think of the match? match itself was good, but I didn't like the dance battle, though. That was the only thing I really didn't like. But I thought the match itself was good. Yes. We all know that in a tag championship match, I mean, we all know MJF will probably turn on Adam Cole. So here's the thing I don't like with all of this. You know, everybody criticizes WWE for Roman Reigns not defending his title enough. Well, why don't you criticize AEW for the exact same thing? Because what they have now done here with um, MJF in this blind eliminator tournament is A, not having to defend the title for a couple of months but the worst part of it is they're not even trying to build up a new challenger. At least when the bloodline storyline in WWE was the main focus, they were still building up other challengers for Roman Reigns, whether that was Drew McIntyre, whether that was Logan Paul, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, Cody Rhodes. Even though the bloodline storyline was the main focus, they were still building challengers for Roman Reigns. Now, this A. Adam Cole, MJF storyline is the focus. But they're not even doing anything with the world title. The world title is insignificant because you have all these goddamn MFers in this company who are not even trying to become number one contender, who are not even trying to challenge for the belt, seeing that he doesn't have a challenger right now. At least when Roman never had a clear challenger, someone would step up, whether it was Drew, whether it was um, KO, whether it was Logan Paul. And it wasn't every month, no, but at least every other month, he had a challenger. He had somebody that said, I want to challenge you because nobody else is right now. Adam Cole is not the challenger. Yes, he's going to be the next challenger eventually, most likely at all in. But in the meantime, 
Why is the title on MJF if he's not going to defend it and they're not going to build anybody up for him again in the meantime? Because how cool would it have been if, say, and I'm just going to throw out a random ass name, I don't even know, Jack Perry did his heel turn and then goes, now I'm a big-time superstar here. I want to challenge for the world title. And then he challenges MJF for the world title, and Adam Cole is in MJF's corner. So I've been a little perturbed by that because everyone, you know, pissing on WWE. Roman barely defends the belt. Roman defends like every other month or every two months. This and that. Okay, when's the last time MJF defended the title? Revolution? That's March. I'm going to look it up. MJF cage match. MJF's last title defense was May. Was it May? Double or nothing. Yeah. Double or nothing. That was two months ago. Just about. And he's probably not going to defend it until the end of August. So three months without a defense. So, hey. Teach their own whatever. after the match, Jericho tried to cheer up Guevara and Garcia. Both men walked up the ramp and then away from Jericho, similar to how Jake Hager did last week. Meanwhile, in the ring, Cole held the AEW title and MGF ripped it from his hands like, hey, that's mine. Cooler heads prevailed and both men hugged. MJF giving a look, kind of gave Adam Cole another like look when he turned his back and then out came FTR. Jax Harwood and Cash Wheeler came down to the ring for a little bit of a face-off ahead of their match in a couple of weeks for the tag titles. So, cool. Eh, it's whatever. This is all just going to build up to all-in, but everything else has just been insignificant. I just That's how I feel. Any thoughts? How many diamonds do we even have to, like, all-in? I know we still have a few, but, like... We have... Let's see. Let me pull up a calendar. Um, so August 27th, which means we have two, three, four. MJF actually defended the belt at Forbidden Door. Someone in YouTube chat said he he actually defended it at Forbidden Door. Oh, that's true. I forgot about that. That is true. That match was not even like anything. It was like insignificant. I mean, yeah, it was 15 minutes, but it was still just, I don't know. It was whatever, but still, regardless. So we have five dynamites left. Five dynamites and six collisions. Yeah, five dynamites and six collisions. And six rampages, if that matters. How they're, like, using it all in, they're trying... Uh, ticket sales they made. They're making a huge deal of all in saying it's going to be in Wembley and stuff. Like, I'm even trying hard to like build it up at all. Well, speaking of that, building it up, this next segment was all about the Royal Rampage. Royal Rampage winner becomes the number one contender for the TNT Championship. Not at all in, but the following week at all out. So they're building matches for all out, which I get. They got to build matches for both shows at the same time, but they're building matches for all out before they're even saying a single match for all in. That's kind of weird. 
We got a backstage segment with Renee Paquette. She's there with best friends, Chris Statlander, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, and Nick Wayne. Again, don't make Nick Wayne just look like Darby's little punk boy. His little puppy that he's going to follow. That's going to follow him and do it. They're already doing it. Nick Wayne is now coming off as just Darby's protege. And not what I wanted. Not what I wanted. He's not standing on his own yet. Which they should have immediately had him stand on his own. Because now people are just going to see him as Darby's little brother, basically. Anyways, Renee talked about Allen and Wayne being in the Royal Rampage this Friday. While Statlander will be facing Marina Shafir with the TBS Championship on the line. Allen said Swerve Strickland will also be in the Royal Rampage. But asked Cassidy if he'll do him a favor. That I want you to give somebody a title shot. Somebody that helped me when I was homeless. And that's A.R. Fox. Cassidy was like, yeah, we're cool. I'll give him a shot. So next week on Dynamite, it will be Orange Cassidy defending the International Championship against A.R. Fox. Best friends then tried to do a all hands in. Darby's like, yeah, I'm good. They're like, what about you, Wayne? What about you, Wayne? He's like, uh, nah, I gotta go with Darby. And they're like, oh, the new guy punked us. Renee puts her hand in and they're all like, hey. Cool. I guess. And then nothing happened in the segment. Darby. Be Darby asking for special title shot, title shot for himself, not AR Fox. Well, he doesn't. Well, no, 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 no. What they did here was tell us that Darby don't give two craps about the Intercontinental or the International Championship and only wants the TNT title. That's what they told us here. The International Championship means nothing to Darby Allen. He wants the TNT title back. That's what the. That's what this was. So then, we head to commentary. Dad says he doesn't want to be on screen because he's still pissed off from earlier. And then Chompy, the shark, shows up. Chompy the shark. Plug in Shark Week. He's high-fiving Tony Schiavone. Dad says, don't touch me. And he tosses it off stage. Video package. Then highlights the history between the Blackpool Combat Club and the Golden Elite as we go in to our main event match. There's the Blackpool Combat Club against the Golden Elite inside blood and guts. So Claudio Castagnoli comes out, go to commercial. Come back, out comes Kenny Omega, and the match begins. So, it was Claudio getting the upper hand early on. We're told that the BCC won a coin toss and will be getting the early advantage. I thought it would have been cool if we actually saw the coin toss, like, you could have said, okay, Audio and Omega are starting. So in the back, flip a coin, like earlier in the day, with those two as the captains or whatever you want to say. And then the winner, it's the, I don't know. They just randomly like, oh, by the way, the BCC has the advantage. Which most people expected because everyone knew Kota Ibushi had to come out extremely last. Like the last person had to be Kota Ibushi. So the BCC had to have the advantage. Anyways, Omega hit a crossbody off the top at one point and launched Castagnoli into the second ring. Claudio Castagnoli regained control, and Omega hit an up and over in the corner. A snap Hurricane Rana and a dunk slam as Pac was the next entrance out and caught Omega with a quick missile dropkick. Pac and Claudio had a brief face-off before beating down Omega during the commercial, which this, plus what happens later, makes me think that Pac is going to challenge Claudio this Friday at Death Before Dishonor 
for the ROH World Championship. It would make sense, though, because Lucha Bros are the tag champions, so why right. not put the Ooh, that'd be a good one. title on Pac? I mean, yes and no, it would make sense because Pac's a heel. They're baby faces in Ring of Honor. I don't know. So, Hangman Page is the next to come out to even the odds for the, um, even the odds for the Elite. He comes right in, man on a mission. Page caught Pack on a crossbody and hit a fallaway slam before wiping out Cassie Gnuli with a spinning clothesline and a moonsault off the top rope. Page and Omega then showed great teamwork as to why they're former tag team champions with a double team pop-up. German suplex on Pack. Audio was able to drop kick Omega against the cage repeatedly and gain control just as John Moxley would enter the arena. Moxley comes in and he's got a fork in hand. He goes right after Hangman and just stabs him. Looks at Omega. They're stabbing him with the fork as well. He's even biting Omega's fingers. Moxley handed Claudio the fork before grabbing a bucket from under the ring, dumping broken glass out of the bucket. Excuse me. Before this could happen, though, Nick Jackson would run down to the ring and hit a dropkick on Moxley, who landed on the glass. Thankfully, Moxley had his jacket on and it absorbed most of the. The glass, I guess you could say. Nick then ran wild, sending Claudio and Pac almost colliding into a brief argument before Jackson laid them both out. Nick then hit a double springboard Hurricane Rana and dropped Claudio onto the glass. Both Moxley, or but Moxley, quickly hit a suplex on Nick, stomping down glass on the chest. Claudio and Moxley then hit a double suplex on Omega onto the glass as Wheeler Yuta was in next. He ran into the ring with a steel chair right as we were going to commercial break. So we got the picture in picture, and the camera unfortunately cut right as Yuta dropped Nick in with a brain buster on the chair. So we didn't really see it. Kind of saw it, but didn't really see it. Plus, it's in this like, small little box in the corner, so we can barely see what it's anyways. Omega then tried to springboard on Moxley, who shoved Omega back first into the cage. Omega found himself trapped between the cage and the ring when Matt Jackson would enter and dropped Pac with the face buster and Yuta with the DDT on the chair. Well, then I think at this point, Moxley was the first to bleed, or actually at least show a lot of blood as the Young Bucks connected with Risky Business. Omega emerged from under the ring as Moxley mounted a comeback with Claudio's help on the Bucks with suplexes and uppercuts. Yuta, meanwhile, was driven face first into the glass by Omega with Kenosuke Kesta coming out to be the final man for the BCC. And when Kenosuke came out, Don Callis came out to commentary. Interesting that Don wasn't on commentary the entire time. Especially with Kenny starting the match. So he could talk crap about Kenny the entire match. Dikesta cracked Page. opportunity. Right. Dikesta cracked Page with a chair and hit the Bucks with dueling suplexes before turning Omega inside out with a lariat. Moxley then fought and fought and fought until he brought out a bed of nails, which Taz called a horror movie type thing. He's like, this isn't but it is like a horror movie. Omega blocked the first shot. Then Moxley hit a shotgun dropkick, sending Omega back first into the bed of nails. Moxley then put the bed of nails down and body slammed. Uh, body slammed Omega onto it. Callus loved this. And Claudio looked at Moxley like, oh, okay, that's what we're doing now. Got it. Then out came the golden star. As they call, as Justin Roberts called him, the gold in the golden elite. 
Kota Ibushi. Huge reaction from the crowd, and Wheeler Yuta ran out of the cage to meet him on the ramp, only to get punched right in the face. Ibushi then got into the ring, laid out Claudio, laid out Pac, laid out Takeshita, and started down on Moxley, who stomped down on Omega's hand on the nails, flipping Ibushi off. Both men started a wild striking exchange until Pac and Claudio ate a double Pele kick before Moxley was dropped under the bed of nails by Ibushi, who then followed it up with a standing moonsault on Moxley on top of the nails. Ibushi then clutched his wrist as the Golden Lovers were going to do the BTE trigger on Takeshita, but Pac and Claudio made the save. Also speaking of the Golden Lovers, Golden Lovers shirt. Nick was pressed over Claudio's head and launched into the cage where he flew over the top rope, fell down between the cage and the ring, smacked his like quad thigh area on the side of the cage and literally was like, ow, that hurt! Let's go to commercial break. Come back and Yuda and Jackson, Matt Jackson, that is, are just on the top of the cage brawling. I'm like, where the, when, when did that happen? Didn't see that. Because we were in a real commercial break that time, not picture in picture. At least on the app we were. Matt did his rolling Northern Lights suplex up there. Looked like he was going to Northern Lights suplex Yuta off, but Yuta reversed it into a DDT. Yuta wisely climbed down. And there we go. Just Matt Jackson left up there all by himself. Like, what? As Excalibur is plugging the American Red Cross at this time. Pack and Claudio were about to do some double pile drivers or something in the ring on Paige and Nick Jackson when all of a sudden Matt Jackson's got this little bag and he goes like this and he dumps thumbtacks from on top of the cage through the grate down to the mat below. All of a sudden... Claudio and Pac just freeze. Huh? 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 They look up and down, look up and down, and then they get back body dropped onto the thumbtacks, and this was dumb. The way they just froze, and they're like, huh? 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 Best part of all this is Takeshita's in the corner. They get back dropped on the tacks, and Takeshita goes, he loses his mind. That's the best part of this. This is kind of a dumb spot. No one gets thrown off the top, unlike Jericho two years ago. And what, it was a Sammy last year got thrown off the top, right? It was Sammy, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. It was. Nobody flies off the top of the cage, which has kind of been like the MO of these matches. Somebody falls off the top of the cage. No. Matt Jackson just, ooh, climbs back down safely. All 10 men are finally in the ring together in the Elite at the You Can Escape. Standing shooting star, top rope elbow, 450 splash combo on pack, heading into the final commercial break of the show. During picture-in-picture, picture, the Bucks and Page had assisted Tombstone and Deadeye combo as Nick set up a table teetering between the rings. We had four superplexes in succession by the BCC, and finally Pack held onto the top of the cage as Nick Jackson's laying in between the ring on this table. He's swinging, he's swinging, Double foot stomp right through Nick through the cage or through the, the table. Cool looking spot. The back of Moxley here was shown, and it was quite the gnarly image as each team regrouped in separate rings before I before a 10-man brawl broke out. Everyone took turns hitting home run shots with Pac being planted with a snapdragon into the glass. Omega tried a one-winged angel, but Pac countered into a brutalizer. 
The BCC had four submissions applied, while Matt ate a gnarly big giant swing into a sharpshooter. Ibushi then broke up a broke up and busted up all the submissions, really working hard to get Claudio to stop that sharpshooter. He would kick Claudio in the chest, and Claudio was just like, he clicked Claudio in the chest, and I ain't breaking it, and finally he broke it. Omega at one point ate a corner splash with some miscommunication between Claudio and Pac, who had to be separated by Yuta at one point, Takeshita and Moxley. Pac eventually flipped everybody off, jumped out of the ring, and they're like, oh, what is going on? Is Pac just going to stand out, stay out outside the ring? No, he got bolt cutters. Because eventually someone chained up the door. He cut the door open, walked up the ramp, looked back down at the ring, and then just left. Pac just left. It is now five on four. Advantage, baby faces. He said, screw you. Omega fired up the Snapdragons. Paige hit a buckshot on Claudio and a buckshot trigger on Yuta with Omega. Moxley was in handcuffed as Callus pulled Takeshita from the match and they all bailed. Now it's five on three. What the, what the, huh? This is when this shit just got dumb to me. Like I'm like, what are we doing? You're just going to have the partners leave, say, ah, screw it. Uh, fuck, fuck you? No. This is where the match fell apart for me. Where I was just like, I'm not a fan of this now. Yuta's all busted open. Yuta's getting his ass beat. Crimson Mask, Triple H WrestleMania 20 face. Covered in thumbtacks. Uh, there was a shoe covered in thumbtacks by Matt Jackson. On Matt Jackson's foot that they put Yuta's face in. Paige wrapped a chain around Yuta's throat. And Yuta passed out, ending the match. Moxley was just forced to watch being handcuffed to the turnbuckle as the Golden Elite win. And they got Moxley's like this, and he's just pissed off, like, oh, lost. God damn it. Motherfucker. <sighs> uh. So, yeah. Wasn't a fan of the finish because it's like, okay. So, Pac leaves first. Then Don says, screw this, the catch still, let's go. And then it's three on five, baby faces. Va- not the best blood and guts, I'll say that, but Luke, let me give you your thoughts. I didn't like the ending either. We're like, we're back left, which that's obviously building something. That's probably going to build to Pack versus Claudio. Has to. Because, I mean, I mean, remember, to. Tony Khan said, we won't find out about Claudio's challenger. He basically said, we can't find out again about Claudio's challenger until after Blood and Guts. Well, I set it up in Blood and Guts. The whole Takesha thing, like, I didn't like that either. I didn't like that either. Yeah, no. The match was good. Seen better blood and guts matches. Yeah. So, like, it made sense for one person to leave them and be like, screw it. There's been too much because there was the multiple miscommunication spots between Pac and Claudio. So, I get Pac getting frustrated and saying, screw it. I'm not even part of your group anyways. Okay. But then why does Takeshita leave? That made no sense. There was no reason for Takeshita to be pulled from this. Technically, in the books, he still takes the loss. So, I don't know. Whatever. But with that, before we get going any farther, I do want to say that this podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot. Let's hear more about that. This podcast is brought to you by Pro Wrestling Loot. For the fan and all of us. Pro Wrestling Loot is a curated box of pro wrestling merchandise sent to you every single month at one low cost. 
Each month, you're going to get a t-shirt, autographs, posters, art, and collectibles. This past month, they sent us the CMLL Welterweight Championship. For our listeners right here, use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout and you will get 20% off your next purchase. Again, head over to ProWrestlingLoot.com and use code PWUNLIMITED at checkout to get 20% off your next order. So, overall, I thought Blood and Guts was good, not great. The weakest of the three they've done, and I just, again, wasn't a fan of the finish as far as, like, the two leaving, and then it was just, yeah. And, like, I didn't even see what Claudio was doing. Moxley was handcuffed, so he couldn't help Yuta. What about Claudio? Like, I didn't even really... Like, Claudio took, what, a buckshot trigger and he's supposed to be knocked out? Because soon as the match was over, like, immediately the match was over, they go ding, 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 the Golden Elite wins, and Claudio's already right there helping Wheeler Yuta up. So, I don't know. It under-delivered, in my opinion. Uh, this match honestly could have been a lot better, but... This match really like underperformed for me, and a lot of like very questionable like decision making. If that makes sense, yeah. But give me one second. One other thing we're gonna play here for you guys. I'm gonna give you Nick's thoughts. Nick sent me his thoughts on blood and guts. We're gonna play his little message here. Hear what Nick has to say. I thought the match was cool. Um, I liked some of the spots. I thought the Coda doing the standing moonsault onto Moxley on the bed of nails looked crazy. The raining down the tacks from the ceiling from one of the Jacksons was really cool. Um, I liked a lot of the brawling. Mox just got in and had the fucking fork and screwdriver in hand. So that shit was lit. Um, I saw a lot of people saying it was underwhelming. I will say it was like a lot, a whole like 45 minutes of nothing for 15 minutes of the big stuff uh, mixed in. Uh, I thought it was fun. It was a fun hour of television. Um, yeah, I, 10 out of 10, man. Fun as hell. I'd watch it again for sure. So yeah, Nick liked the match more than I did, it sounds like. But I, I, I agree with him where he said it's 45 minutes of nothing for 15 minutes of spots, if that. I agree with that for sure. Luke, do you have any other closing thoughts before we get to the polls? I don't believe so, no. I forgot to do a Twitch poll, so I'm going to throw that up really quickly. See if we get anybody on that. Let's fix that really fast. I like it. Twitch poll is live. All the other polls have been live. So let's refresh those and check those really fast. <clears throat> do, 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 as far as the Twitter poll does go. <clears throat> uh, 50, ooh, wow. 52% liked the show. 27% didn't like the show. And 19% thought it was just all right. That's the Twitter poll. Looking at the YouTube community poll. 73% liked it, 17% thought it was just all right, and 10% didn't. 
some of the comments. This person says, Blood and Guts match was brutal. Also not happy my boy Hook lost. Um, this person says, Oh my goodness, bro. This was awesome tonight show. I want, I guess not English. Yeah, my brain can't comprehend that. Uh, this person said, great show. Too bad that I couldn't go with my buddy tonight. Well, that sucks that you couldn't be there. Another one says 7 out of 10. This says Blood and Guts was wild. Glad the Elite won. And this other person, actually two more also said 7 out of 10. Looking at the ba -ba 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 -ba, YouTube live poll. Live poll, 75% liked it. 15% thought it was just all right. And 9% did not like it. With that, I got one last favor for you guys. This week, my son turned 13. And he started his first Twitch channel. And so we're trying to grow his Twitch channel. I have put the link in the description below. Whether you watch his Twitch or you don't, do him a favor for his birthday. Go over there and give him a follow on Twitch. Because, you know, if you want to become a Twitch affiliate, you want to start making money on Twitch or whatever, you got to hit that 50 subscriber threshold. Right now, he's at 19. If you guys can do me a solid, head over there, twitch.tv forward slash tjtiger45, and hit that follow button. That would be greatly, greatly appreciated. Again, the link is in the live chat for both Twitch and YouTube as well. But Luke, tell them where they can find you. Find me over at Petkey underscore 21. You can also find me over at Twitch at the Luke Petkey. With the guys, you can find us basically anywhere, whether that's at PW Unlimited, Pro Wrestling Unlimited, or find all my personal stuff at Timmy Buddy. You can also remember, go get a cameo, cameo.com forward slash Timmy Buddy, because the money goes to a good cause. But with that, guys, have a great rest of your Wednesday. I'll be back Friday morning for the wrestling wrap up, and then Friday evening, Friday night, SmackDown. Not sure if I'm going to do a. Death Before Dishonor review or not yet, so we'll play that by ear. But with that, guys, have a great rest of your night, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.